welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy. As you know, we've been in this series. Um, it's been a favorite series of mine. Honestly, every series that we do is a favorite series of mine because it's a new series and it's fresh. So, um, But I've loved this series. I know a lot of people have been uh, impacted by this series so far. You know, and if, if, you, if you bought a crew neck, stylish crew neck, if you bought one of those, uh, we actually are sold out now. There's no more left uh, unless we get a bunch of people that get on a, a list that want to get one. We're not going to order any more. But um, in celebration of this series, we did offer that as uh, just sort of a memory of the series that we were in. And the whole premise of Full Circle is that sometimes you have to leave one season to find life in a new season only to come back full circle and begin um, the purposes of God in your life. And so uh, it's been a full circle season for us as a Kingdom Culture family, you know, leaving uh, our Ogilvy location just over four years ago and then circling around the city for three years, 13 different venues, uh, only to come back one year, uh, one year ago to almost the exact same coordinates, same location um, in the Blair, Gloucester, um, you know, Ogilvy area. So it's been a full circle season for us, and we feel like finally we can establish ourselves. So thank you for tracking with us. If you haven't um, been up to date with the series, you can check it out online on our podcast. I encourage you to kind of get a hold of what we've been talking about leading up till, uh, until today, which is the, the finale of our series. The whole premise of our full circle series is Psalms 138, verse 8. And it says this, The Lord will accomplish that which concerns me. Your unwavering loving kindness, O Lord, endures forever. And in the Hebrew, if you read it uh, in the Hebrew language through which it was written, you would read it like this, The Lord will bring to an end or to completion that which is about me. This is really a picture of full circle, coming full circle. You know, Paul the Apostle encourages the church, the Philippian church, that, you know, uh, that which he started in you, he will bring to completion. So, so much of our spiritual life is about us coming full circle. You know, we have a destiny, you know, like Israel had a destiny and they had to go around sometimes to come into the promised land. Sometimes we have to go around to come into what we are destined to come into in life. And, you know, it may be your, the dream job after, you know, you've, you know, you've been through many different courses in school and university. Maybe you've gone around, you've tried a bunch of stuff and then you stopped and you tried a bunch of new stuff and then you stopped and then only to come around back to your original passion. Or maybe, you know, you've had a bunch of different jobs and you came back to the original one that you started with as far as like focus and expression, whatever it may be for you. Maybe for some people it's been relationships. But I just say this, that every one of us uh, at some point in life comes full circle to the thing that we are called to move into. And so we're going to do a little bit of a recap over the last four weeks, the last four weeks, the first week, we laid out sort of the, the foundation 
and it was called 2020 Realizations, when the past speaks of the future. And you know, 2020, I, I've been saying, as much as, as much as, as it's about seeing clearly you know, where we're going, it's actually in some way more about seeing clearly where we've been. Hindsight is 2020, as we've all heard over and over again, and it's true. We often only see clear after we've come out of a season. We see that, wow, I had to go through all these things to get to where I am now. I had to go through it, and I can only see clear as I exit one season. And so the past really speaks of the future. What you've gone through declares the future platforms that you were called to influence from. It declares what your life's gonna look like. If I had to go through all this stuff, man, there must be uh, an amazing journey ahead for me. Then week two, and I actually, just sorry, just that first week, I laid out uh, four different points which has literally, literally sculpted the whole uh, Full Circle series up until today as the series closes. Week two, uh, we talked about this concept of learning so we can lead. And we talked about the leadership example, what it looks like to sometimes you know, exit one season, to go through uh, specific learning curves in our life and how a lot of what we're learning right now is all about developing us as a better leader. You're going through a hard time, it's tough, it's rough. You know, accept it, count it all joy, be excited about it because in the rough parts of your life is when you're learning the most, if you can lean into getting God's perspective. Week three, we talked about how uh, sometimes we have to lose to launch, that we lose sometimes in life so we can launch out. Talked about the benefits of the cutback. And sometimes we have to lose, like a, a branch that has to get pruned back. The fruit has to get pruned so that we could bear, the branch can bear more fruit. Sometimes you have to lose in life to launch out into the more in life. And then week four, last week, we talked about and spoke out of the life of Jacob talked about how in life we have to limp so we can leap. leap. The title was limping to leaping. You're broken to break through. And sometimes you have to go through hard things. You got to go through brokenness. If you want to break through, you have to be broken. Part of the word breakthrough is break. Sometimes you have to break so you can move through, so you can advance in your life. And you know, this week we are going to be jumping into, um, the last point of our first week of our 2020 realization, and that is sometimes you have to leave to live. And so my message title this morning is leaving to live. So I'm gonna give you an opportunity to look at your neighbor and say, leaving to live. Come on, say it, say it, say it again. Leaving to live, I can't hear you, I can't hear you. Say it louder, leaving, okay, there I heard you. Thank you, thank you, okay. so. Genesis 12, Genesis 12 to, the chap, to chapter 25. So chapter 12 to chapter 25 of Genesis, the first book of the Bible. It's very easy to find. Just open up your Bible. It's the first book of the Bible. Uh, but thank God you're going to have scripture on the screen to help you. If you don't have a Bible or don't have a digital Bible, i.e. on your iPad or on your phone. Um, but Genesis 12, chapter 12 to 25, really uh, recounts the story of Abraham's life and his journey from the beginning of when he was called to do amazing things, to step out into a new territory unknown to him, all the way to the beginnings of the promise fulfilled, to which we are connected through Jesus and the gospel. We are connected to the promises of Abraham, okay? And we'll kind of get into this a little bit more later on. But Genesis 12 
chapter 12, verse 1, says this out of the New Living Translation. At this time, uh, Abraham, or Abram, he was, his name was Abram, would have been around 75 years old. Now keep in mind, it wasn't until he was 99 and 100 that some of the stuff began to turn for him, okay? 99 years old, he, I mean, he had a baby. So the Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous. And you will be a blessing to others. Amazing promise. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want that? It's not about fame, but it's about what your name represents. It's the legacy that you leave. It's when you're gone, when you're dead, the fame of your name carries on. That's why we call Abraham, he's the, he's the, he's the God or the God of Israel, the God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham is the patriarch, one of the patriarchs, one of the three patriarchs of the faith, okay? Even before the law, he was one that was operating in faith before we even had an understanding of what it looked like to operate in faith. And it says here, the Lord said to him, leave, leave where you're comfortable, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family, leave what's secure to you, leave the life that you've known, leave what's, what's, what's normal, what seems like ordinary, leave your wealth, leave your security, your identity. And sometimes we have to do this. We have to leave one season, one, one awesome, you know, amazing season to enter into the next. And sometimes in the middle, it's challenging in the middle. So that's why this morning's message is entitled Leaving to Live, Finding Life in the Middle. This is where we find life. And this is what Abram found while he was in the process, while the journey was lived out. He had to leave one season of security, identity, and comfort to find new life in the middle so he could live and leave a legacy to everyone coming after him, to which we are connected. Abraham left his home country. New life was found when he left what was familiar. He had to leave to truly live. You know, he had to. He came into new beginnings. He came to. He came into full circle life as he left one season, walked around a process for many, 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 many years, twenty-five years, until the beginnings of his promise began to be made manifest. Sometimes, like I've said, we have to exit one season and leave what's familiar to find new life, to find and develop parts of ourselves that would not develop otherwise. Maybe for you, it's a dating relationship. This person is not for you. This person, you've been with this person for 10 years now. They haven't put a ring on it yet. I don't know, but uh, maybe it's time to move on. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. 10 years is a long time. Bro, time to get a ring on it if it hasn't happened yet. But anyways, all I have to say is maybe you got to leave a dating relationship. Maybe you need to um, leave a job. Maybe you've been stuck in this one job and, and you know it's time to move on and there's something new that you're going to find this next season. And, but maybe you're going to, you when you leave this job, there's going to be a, a chasm of time where it's hard and you're finding yourself again. Well, you know, Abram had this. He had a word from God, leave where he was. Leave where you are, where you're comfortable, and I'm going to take you on an unknown, unfamiliar, uncertain journey that will cause you to find faith in a way you've never known before. And maybe for some of, some of you in the room right now watching, maybe it's friendships. Maybe you've like aligned yourself with some friends that just aren't like doing good for you. Like they're not really 
amazing friends and they're pulling you down. They're not lifting you up. They're not helping you grow and go where you want to go in life and be who you want to be in life. And, and they're just causing you to stumble a little bit. They're, they're affecting you negatively. Well, maybe it's time to transition. You know, sometimes you got to leave some stuff that's okay or even feels good at times to find the even better that God has for you. Maybe it's an unhealthy situation that you're in. Maybe it's a scenario. Maybe it's something, some place where you live or some situation you're caught up in right now. It's a business deal or you're, you've been yoked in some sort of business relationship that's just not working, you know, and you need to exit that or sever that tie. Whatever it is for you, I don't know. But, or maybe it's just certain habits and patterns that you need to leave behind in 2019 and they've been kind of creeping in already in 2020 and you need to leave them behind and let them go and, and not go after, you know, not, not let them creep in anymore. Um, whatever it is for you, you have to leave one thing to find life in the next thing. And I know, like I've said it already, for us as a, as a church community, uh, for those that have been with us four years ago, we had to leave one season and you know after all of these years four years now i've had a 2020 realization of so much of the good that's come out of it and it keeps unfolding you know it keeps unfolding to me and uh for me it's just been an amazing journey to look at and i've got clarity on so many of the reasons why we had to leave uh one one season behind when we left our building on ogilvy road just around the corner from where we are right now and we learned so much in the process. And uh, you know, we even in some ways kind of got a limp, but we leaped forward, you know? And every message that I've spoken really connects to that season leading us up to today, where um, you know, we, 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 in the end, I realized that we had to leave to find new life and we found it in the middle. We found during the process, during the challenges is where we found amazing, amazing strength. You know, Abram had, 25 more years of doubting, wandering, challenges, ups and downs, um, in moments where things didn't make sense. Sometimes when things don't make sense, it's the best place to be because that's where faith is turned on. You know, when things don't make sense, it usually makes the most sense to God because if it always made sense, we wouldn't need faith. Faith, when active, makes things that don't make sense make God sense. All of a sudden we have a sense of what God is doing because we're in faith, because we can see like he sees and we're not seeing just our natural situation, we're seeing beyond it. So I wanna give you, really quickly, I wanna give you three important uh, keys that uh, are, are three things that are found in the middle. How we, this is how we find life in the middle, you know, leaving to find new life, leaving to live, which is our message title. Number one, vision in the middle vision in the middle. You know, this is a, a story where Lot, um, his family, him and his, his, part of his family, relatives, they separated and they had to divide and it settled in the land of Canaan. In Genesis chapter 13, verse 14, it says, after Lot had gone and they separated, the Lord said to Abram, look as far as you can see in every direction, north and south, east and west, I am giving all this land as far as you can see. Sometimes I wonder, you know, you know, we left, went around the city, 13 different locations, three years. I wonder if God was just giving us a lay of the land. I wonder if God was just teaching us what it looked like to love our city as a whole. Not just one area of the city, but that one day we'd have campuses around the city. One day we'd occupy different spaces and spots in the city. 
you know, and maybe even do church like this, where we have one central location and broadcast to the rest via video. I don't know. I know that God has called us to be in the city. And uh, I, I know that maybe, maybe we had to go through that to, to gain uh, authority in different areas of the city. I don't know for sure, but what I do know is that everything that we go through in life turns out into something good because that's just who God is. He's redeeming. He's redemptive. So Genesis 13, let's go back to the scripture. Look as far as you can see in every direction, north and south, east and west, verse 15. I am giving all this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. You know, we are considered of the descendant as a descendant of Abraham, descendants of Abraham, because we are connected through Jesus, okay? And Jesus is of the seed of Abraham. This is part of the whole gospel message. This is part of the promise, the great promise over our lives that we are called to take ground in this earth, to take and see heaven established in a really powerful way. Verse 16, and I will give you so many descendants. This is God's promise to Abram that like the dust of the earth, they cannot be counted. Now, this point is all about finding vision in the middle, in life's processes. Verse 17, it says this, Go and walk through the land in every direction, for I am giving it to you. Now, if you just rewind a little bit to verse 15, where he says, I am giving all this land to you as far as you can see. Such a key, key word there. As far as you can see. I'm giving you vision, Abram. I'm giving you vision, Abram. I want you to see in this process of the in-between, you left where you were comfortable, you left what was known to you, what was familiar to you, to journey with me into the unfamiliar, and in the middle, I'm giving you vision to see. Maybe you're found right now in the middle. Maybe you're caught up in the middle. You're in a situation in between doors. You're in the hallway of life. It's in that space that you begin to have vision. Vision from God, vision to see what he wants you to see, to give you perspective that this is why you're caught up in the middle. This is why you're here. This is why you're going through what you're going through. It's in the middle that you find vision. Write this down. To see what God is going to do is to see why God told you to leave what you left in the first place. To see what God is going to do, as in to see what's next, to see what's coming, is to see why God told you to leave what you left in the first place. It often gives you perspective. Now he realizes, oh my gosh, I can see. This is why I had to leave my native country. This is why I had to step out by faith into the unknown. This is why I had to believe God, trust him with everything. everything. This is why I had to leave something so amazing to find new life, to see, to have vision in the middle. Man, this is what I have taken from the last four years. And I, I use this um, for the, as a, a, you know, I use the illustration of us leaving Ogilvy because, or leaving our, our building four years ago because it's a huge part of our spiritual, spiritual journey as a church family. Maybe you're not, you weren't with us back then. That's okay. Maybe you've been with, with us now. All you know is this. All you know is mobile church life. But that wasn't the case for a lot of people that were with us and that are still with us. And, and so, you know, but it's in the middle that I realized that, man, like, it doesn't matter where we are. It doesn't matter who we're with. It doesn't matter what building we are in or location or how convenient it is. What matters is that we're together. What matters is that, you know, wherever we are, we are the church. And there's something about a vision for God's house that happens when you don't have a physical house. You start seeing 
It's not about a building. And I know that. Like, principally, I knew that. I principally, I knew it wasn't ever about a building, never about a location, never about that security. But you don't really realize the reality and the weight of that until you actually lose a building and lose a location. And you really, like, it's like almost like the roots that maybe were down deep, but not deep enough, have to go down even deeper because now you can't rely on the security of a location. I remember, man, like, the, it was in the first three months of, of being a mobile organization. It was within the first, it was actually, yeah, we, we went mobile in October. And yeah, the, I think it was the first or second or maybe third week of January, uh, we had lost our, our, our main mo mobile facility, Carleton University, because there was a flood and we had to kind of go around, jump from place to place. And mainly we were at uh, Lansdowne for a little bit. Um, and one of the places that, that we were at at Lansdowne was the horticulture building. But there was one time when we couldn't use that building and had no other choice, wanted to stay in that Lansdowne area and decided to use the Aberdeen Pavilion. Do you remember that? Anybody, any logistics team members out there? Do you remember what happened on that Saturday setup day? It was crazy. I mean, this is the, you know, remember this is January, cold time of the year. Uh, January, February, often one of the coldest times of the year for us in Ottawa. And uh, the Aberdeen Pavilion is not a heated, building, a heated building. It's a really, really old uh, hockey rink that is used by now. Um, it's, you know, they sell, uh, it's the market. They sell stuff every week, every weekend often in, uh, in the Aberdeen Pavilion. But it's heated by those like uh, old school electrical heaters like that you'd find in a hockey rink, which don't really do very much. But anyway, so we're in January. We're going to use this building. We have this audacious goal to set up church in this massive old school hockey rink. For those of you that don't know, it's the big yellow, weird looking, temple looking building at Lansdowne, Lansdowne Park. And uh, so, you know, we, we uh, decided to make this work and it's with one big open space, if you know. So we had to set up a stage from scratch and everything and everything from scratch, of course. And I think it was like, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong on this, on the timeline, but it was at least 12 hours or more of setup. And it was cold. I mean, you could see your breath in there. Our team was like slugging it out hard. I literally was like, I don't want to do this. Like, this is crazy. Um, we uh, rented these commercial office portables and like literally, like, you know, those, those like uh, portables that, you know, construction offices use that set up on site. We actually rented, I think two or three of those. I think it was two of them brought them into the actual building, heated them with like little uh, electrical heaters and then used those for the kids' uh, facilities because it was one big open space and we had no way to have, you know, the kids' program. And so we did all this. And not only did we set up all day on Saturday, we continued to set up more and do rehearsals on the Sunday and then had church at like 4, I think back 4.22 or 4.30, whatever it was that day. One service. We did all that for one service, you know, and as much as I honestly I have to confess, I hated every minute of that scenario. I realize, I realize some of you that are with us actually today, that was your first time. That was your first experience at Kingdom Culture. I mean, you could see your breath. You were wearing a toque, a scarf, uh, you know, a winter jacket. People on the stage like leading worship were wearing gloves on stage. I mean, it was cold. And, um, but our team did it. But the one thing I realized in this process, being in the middle, you know, leaving the last season and then being in the situation is like, man, I, I have to have a vision for the house of God if I'm going to do this. If we're going to keep doing this 
the way that we're doing it. Without a vision, I'm going to perish. It's like Proverbs says this, without a clear vision, people wander astray, people perish. And, um, and the word, actually, the word is they cast off restraint. They lose parameters for their life. They lose the guardrails of their life and just fall off the cliff. And man, it really cemented in me vision. It cemented in me vision for the house of God, which is the people. It's never been about a building. It's always been about the people, growing the people. So I'm super thankful. As much as I had a hard time with that moment, I, I just remember, man, it's about the people. And it really strengthened my faith. Number two, not only do we find vision in the middle, we find faith in the middle. Let that sink in. We find faith in the middle. Genesis 15, verse 1 to 6. You know, already Abram's been on a journey. He's been on a little bit of an up and down journey. You know, he stepped out. He's unsure. How is this promise going to come to pass? God's promised me fame. Promised me descendants. I don't even have an heir. I don't even have a son. Like, how is this all going to go down? It says, sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, do not be afraid. Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? It's impossible. Like, man, I need faith right now. Like, it's impossible. Maybe you're in an impossible situation right now. In fact, hopefully you are. Because if you're not, you're probably not doing very much uh, in faith in your life. Because if you don't have impossible situations, you don't need to trust God. He's the God of the impossible. So the more impossible, the better. Uh, the more you're going to grow, the more you're going to uh, deepen your roots of faith. He says, I don't even have a son. Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. He's already planning for his future. He's planning his will. Verse 3, you have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Now, keep in mind, he's getting older at this point. I mean, things are getting a little bit uh, harder to work, if you know what I mean. Like, he's getting older. Like, it's just not going to go the way that he wants it to go. It's got to be supernatural. And so, no, your servant will not be in your heir. You will have a son of your own, and you will, he will be your heir. Verse 5, then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, look up. Once again, look up into the sky. Count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. Verse 6, and Abram, this is the key. Abram believed. Everyone say believe. Say, say it again. Believed. Abraham believed the Lord. He had faith in that moment. And the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. So in this moment, he's doubting, he's wondering, how is this fulfillment, how is the fulfillment of this Genesis 12 promise going to take place? I left my country, you promised me greatness, fame, descendants, and now he's in the middle, he's in the process, he has no son. God comes to him, says, don't fear, I'm going to give you a promised son. That son's going to be the beginning of your lineage, of your, inherited, of your inheritance which we are to this day connected through Jesus. And then at the end of it all, when God says, look up, I'm going to show you, this is, how, this is how big the promise is. Look at the stars. Can you count them? Then he says, in that moment, Abram, it says in verse 6, Abram believed the Lord. And this was counted to him as righteous. This is before the law, okay? Before your behavior had anything to do with righteousness. It was faith. This is a picture of the new covenant gospel. Abram was operating in a new covenant gospel before the old covenant 
was even established. The picture of what we are called to live by. Because we are justified by faith. It's our faith in Jesus that defines us as righteous. Not our good behavior, not our bad behavior, unrighteous or righteous. Jesus has made us righteous by believing in him and what he's done. Letting him into our life. This is what counts us as righteous. Abraham was a model of that. He was a picture of the gospel before the gospel was ever even preached through Jesus. It says he believed the Lord and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. He found, he found faith in the middle. You know, if you have our 2018 Kingdom Culture mug, you would notice that on the mug it says, fear, or sorry, faith sees what fear cannot. Faith sees what fear cannot. This is, that thought really is inspired by the life of Abram. You know, faith sees what fear cannot. The fear of what might not happen. The fear of, I don't have a son. How is this magnificent, massive uh, promise going to be fulfilled? But there was faith. Because faith could see through what seemed impossible. Faith sees what fear cannot. Fear produces human effort. And faith produces God's effort. Very different. Genesis 16, only one chapter later, Sarah, Sarai, Abram's wife, wants to speed up the process. She's like, man, we got a promise. God's given my husband a promise. I can't give him a son. Things just aren't working properly. We got to speed this process up. So because I can't give you a son, we're going to make this promise happen. So, hey, Abram, why don't you go sleep with my, uh, one of my servant girls, go sleep with her and, you know, impregnate her. And this will be the beginning of how we fulfill the promise. Well, this is the thing, you know, you know, fear, fear took like a hold of Sarai in that moment. The fear of, what if I never give birth to a son? What if I never give my husband a son? What if I never have uh, a family? And so she took matters into her own hands. And let me just tell you, it did not work out the way that she planned. Not only did it not work out the way she planned, it wasn't God's plan. God had a plan. And she, when you take matters into your own hands, you miss the opportunity for a miracle in your life. You can do it. You can do it in your own effort. But let me tell you, you won't get God's blessing on it. You'll get man's blessing on it. And it won't be what you want in the end. Hagar, um, you know, gave and birthed, birthed the, the servant girl, the slave girl, birthed a son named Ishmael. And although all humanity is loved equally and accepted, this wasn't the plan. God had a plan to birth a son through Sarah, Sarai at the time and Abraham named Isaac, which would be the beginning of the lineage and the legacy that God had promised them all along. And this, at, the, at this time, they were most likely in their 80s. So time had passed, you know. Years had passed and they were struggling to believe. Maybe you've been in this scenario believing for God to, to fulfill his promise for years now. You probably haven't been believing as long as they've been believing. I mean, guys, he's like in their 80s at this point and they still haven't even come into what they would deem as success, you know, a son. It's a challenge. It's scary. Some people are believing in this house to have a baby and it's hard. But listen, we can't stop believing. You'll never lose if you keep believing. You will always lose if you stop believing. When everything come against, comes against you, everything says it's impossible. Every life situation is contradictory to what you know uh, God's promises over your life. The moment you stop believing, you lose. But the moment you continue to believe, you're just one step closer to seeing the success. No matter how long it takes, 
never stop believing to the day you die. This is what Abraham or Abram and Sarai had to walk out, had to go through. And I, I you know, honestly, I can look back and uh, like I've already said it, the last four years, I can see how, how I've learned and grown in faith in this process, finding life in the middle, realizing that I had to leave one season to find new life in the next season. I remember in 2012, back in November, we had a guest speaker and uh, his name was Larry Randolph and we had a conference back in the day when we used to have conferences all the time before we lost our building and it became complicated. And uh, I, well, we had this guest speaker named Larry Randolph and um, he prophesied in November of 2012 about a new name, about a new name. And nine, uh, nine months later on August 6th, 2013, I woke up and I, and I, I woke up and I'll tell you, explain, I'll give you context for why I'm saying this. Nine months later, you know, um, first of all, I had no idea what we'd go through in 2013. 2013 was the beginning of a real big shift in our church culture at the time. And uh, we were in this six-month season called Retreat, where we, excuse me, put everything on pause to realign ourselves, to refocus ourselves. And it ruffled a lot of feathers, let me just tell you. It, you know, it uh, created a lot of resistance. And uh, we shut down literally every ministry in the whole church. I mean, successful ministries in the church. Uh, just to refocus, and we just focused on Sunday, our connect groups, our school, and our outreach stuff. Everything else was on pause. Great ministries, but shut them all down just for a season so we could recalibrate ourselves. That was in 2013. Uh, near the end of, uh, of, of some of that, part of that season, um, uh, we, we uh, in August of 2000, uh, sorry, of August, August 6, 2013, I woke up I woke up with spasms. I had a dream. I don't know what I was dreaming, but I had a really powerful dream. And I woke up in spasms in my lateral rotator. I, I wrote, oh, let me just, by the way, sorry, I just need to make a correction here. The retreat season actually started, sorry, it started in, I believe it was September of 2013. So yeah, sorry, August was leading up to what we were about to do. That's, that's what I wanted to say, sorry. So, you know, we have this word, 2012 of November, Nine months later, about a new name, nine months later, okay, we're on the verge. We're one month away from launching a brand new six-month series called Retreat where we shut down every ministry of the church. So this was like sort of the birthing process before a big launch into a really intense season and um, a really challenging season, but great season at the same time. So I just wanted to clarify that. So anyways, August 6th, I'm in this dream. I get out of this dream. I wake up, I'm in incredible pain. My lateral rotator is in complete spasm. I can't move. Now, this is not normal for me. I don't have these things happen to me very often. And uh, that was the first time I couldn't move, couldn't get up out of bed. Uh, it was crazy. And it was my, one of my lateral rotators. And that same night, a friend of mine from Vancouver, a friend of mine woke up out of a dream and God spoke to him about Jacob and about me and it's funny because Jacob, uh, if you remember the story last week about how he had to limp to leap, right before he went into the beginnings of his new season, he wrestled with God and the angel of the Lord touched that same area near the hip socket and kind of pulled it out of place. And so he walked with the limp as a result. God begins to speak to my friend about Jacob, ab about me, and about a season that I was going to go through a realignment, new relationships, almost like the whole premise was new reputation, 
new name, the whole thing. The whole premise of Jacob, the whole story of Jacob is like in that moment of wrestling with God. That's where he, uh, uh, you know, was re-identified as Israel, went from Jacob to Israel. It's all about a new name. And so this guy from Vancouver starts to speak to me and prophesy over me about the life of Jacob as I'm literally in, as was the next morning, as I'm literally in full-on lateral rotator spasms, okay, and talks about a new name coming over my life. And it's interesting because from that season, literally starting one month after that in September, we entered that six-month season where I feel like God began to re-identify who we were as a people, who we were as a community. It was an intense season. And I feel like for me, I'm sharing my own life with you. Personally, over the last, that's now seven years ago, in the last seven, well now I guess it's, yeah, almost seven, I guess, so six and a half years, six years ago, you know, it's been that for me, where God literally had to, you know, recalibrate my reputation and, and rebuild me on so many ways as a leader and almost re-identify who I am because of where I came from and the ministries that I was involved with previously or things that I used to do. God had to re-identify me moving forward. And that was a very uh, a pivotal moment for me that literally started uh, a six-year journey for me where I could say I found, new fa- I found new faith in the middle. I found faith in that process. Moses, um, Moses went through this. Moses had to find faith in the middle. It says in Hebrews 11, verse 27, it was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. In the midst of Moses stepping out to lead Israel, a whole nation, out of bondage, out of slavery, it says it was by faith that he left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going, didn't stop, found faith in the middle because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. You want to keep faith in the middle? Keep your eyes on the one who is invisible. Paul encourages us to focus on what is unseen. Not what is seen, but what is unseen because what is unseen is eternal. What is seen is temporary. Number three, let's go to number three, our last point. We find the promise. We find promise in the middle. Genesis 15, verse Uh, verse uh, 17 to 18, later on in the chapter, we already touched a part of Genesis 15. After the sun went down and darkness fell, Abram saw a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch pass between the halves of the carcasses. So the Lord made a covenant with Abraham that day, with Abram that day, and said, I have given this land to your descendants all the way from the border of Egypt to the great Euphrates River. It was a confirmation. Not only have I given you the promise, Abraham, I've given you, or given you, uh, given you insight, faith, vision in the middle. Now I'm establishing a covenant promise with you. I'm making a covenant promise with you today that will not be broken. And this connects us to who we are today through Jesus as children of the promise. This sealed the deal. Blood, a blood sacrifice always seals the deal, seals the promise, confirms the covenant. Just like his, his body on a cross spilling out the blood, it confirmed the covenant that we had with Jesus. I want to read one last scripture to you in Galatians chapter 4, verse 28. And you, dear brothers and sisters, are children of the promise, just like Isaac. Isaac was the beginning of promise fulfilled for Abraham at the age of 99 and 100 is when he had the baby Isaac, which began the legacy. It went from Abraham to Isaac 
to Jacob and all the way through Jesus to us. And his promise is now our promise. We are children of the promise. Abram found promise in the middle. God cut a covenant with Abraham, said, now everything you've seen, all the faith that you've walked in now is confirmed by a blood sacrifice, by a blood covenant that I am going to do what I promised I would do. And that's what Jesus has done for us. Why don't you stand up? We're coming to a close right now. I want you to all stand up with me. I'm going I'm to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you right now. If you, maybe you're in this, in this auditorium right now. Somebody brought you to church. It's your first time at Kingdom Culture. I want to welcome you. Sorry I can't be there with you in the flesh, but I want to welcome you. And I hope you had a good experience. I hope our team treated you well, and I hope that you're going to come back. But maybe you're in this room right now, and you don't know what would happen to you if you were to die today. You don't know if you have really a relationship with God. You're questioning, you know, this, this whole thing about Jesus, and is he real? And let me just tell you, Jesus absolutely adores you, absolutely loves you, and he wants to encounter you. He wants to have a relationship with you. He's been pursuing you, knocking on the door of your heart all of your life leading up to this point. You know, and he cut the greatest covenant uh, on the cross for you over 2,000 years ago. Where literally blood spilled out of his body to make the statement that I, that I will be with you and you will be with me forever. All you have to do is receive me. Just receive this message, this message that I died on the cross to forgive you of your sin, to set you free of your sin, to set you free of what's enslaved you, to bring you into sonship, to bring you into the family of God so that you can have a relationship, to rec be reconciled back with the Father. All you have to do is open up your heart to receive him. And say yes. Romans 10 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. It's so simple. All you have to do is say yes. Jesus, I receive your forgiveness. I open my life up to you. I want you in my life. Now, just with every eye closed right now in this room, it's a personal moment. There's a personal moment that I believe God wants to have with many of you in the room. Maybe you're in this room right now. You've never let him in. Never let Jesus in to the center of your life. All you have to do is say yes. Why don't we say this together right now? Let's say, Jesus, I believe that you are God. I believe that Jesus, you died on a cross to forgive me and bring liberation to my life. I accept you now into my life. I receive forgiveness. And today, I'm saying yes to relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that and you really meant it for the first time, I want to encourage you, visit our team in the lobby and uh, they'll set you up with some resources to help you along your journey. Just say, hey, I said yes to Jesus today. We have a gift for you. It's a black box that will really help you along your journey moving forward and help you sort of guide you into the next steps of your relationship with God. You know, it's a decision that you made today, but that decision should lead into some form of committed relationship. God wants friendship with you, not religion, but relationship. For the rest of us, one last time, if we can just lift our hands in this room, I want to pray. I want to pray for you all the way from Brazil. I want to pray for you, for you today just to, to move forward in this next season as we come to a close of this full circle series that 
You know, whatever season you find yourself in, maybe you left something, you left something hard behind and you've been going through some stuff and now maybe you're realizing all the things that you had to find in the middle of this journey, in this process, and now you're becoming aware of what God has done and He's doing in your life. I want to pray with you this morning that that would continue to to unfold for you, that that would continue, that you would continue to get stronger and stronger along this journey. So let's just lift our hands one last time as I pray for you as we exit and I'm going to call uh, one of our team forward to the platform just to kind of close out the experience for you guys. But Jesus, I just thank you for everybody watching in this room right now. I thank you that you have called them, God, to be victorious. You called them to be strong, to walk in your authority, to advance in their life. And, and maybe they're going through a hard time right now. I pray that, God, that you would help them to find faith in the middle, vision in the middle, their promise in the middle, new life in the middle. While they've left one season, that in this season they would find what you want them to find in Jesus' name moving forward. So I just pray, God, for every person in this room that as we advance, as we move forward in this season, that, God, you would just continue to mature and strengthen your people in Jesus' name. God bless you, Kingdom Culture. I love you. Uh, so wish I could have been there with you. But, uh, hey, I will see you next Sunday. Join us. It's going to be amazing. We love you. Sign up for a connect group in the lobby. Get connected. Get into community. And now I'm just going to invite whoever's going to come forward and to close out the experience. God bless you. From Brazil, peace.